there is. Oh, what a charmer. I thought I saw like one of those old Victorian neck things on from the distance and it looked but yeah, up close I'm like, oh no, that is a little cutie dude. I know. I think I think I'm like two here. <laughs> two or three. But... So do you always have the drip? Oh yeah. <laughs> I've always got those V necks, I'm I'm looking good all the time. <laughs> Now, let me first off say that it was an honor to catch your world record run for 117 last week. So congratulations to you. Thank you, thank you. And just for anybody that may not know you, what is your name? What do you run? And what's the origin of your screen name? So uh, my name is Vincent Logic. I go by Logic Online. Uh, I currently am running uh, 120% for Spyro 1 Reignite. And my origin, uh, the, the origin of my name, a little bit of a story if there's like time to explain. Oh yeah, it's all about you, so go ahead. So, um, back in my old friend group, uh, obviously we were growing up, going through a lot of things with like school and stuff, and uh, everyone would have these like situations where they would think a lot and like be in their head. And people normally would come to me for advice, because I, I would kind of, it's very easy to be logical when you're not in their shoes. Mm -hmm. And so when people came in with their problems, I was like, all right, let's settle down. Let's, let's think of this. And one of my friends one day, and he was like, I, I need just like you, just like everywhere, because you, you insert logic into every situation. And I was like, that sounds good. And then I went with that. Actually, that's, that's how it's been. that kind of makes me like it even more. Now, <laughs> do you think you can stay like emotionless for your own problems too? Or is it only when it's other people's? I I do my best. Like it's I've I've had a very interesting uh, upbringing where a lot of my friends were very open about mm -hmm. problems. I know a lot of people's youth, everyone's like kind of on their like on their own, keeping stuff under wraps. But my friend group were very open with things, and um, I've seen and had to go through a lot of people's problems to the point now when I have a problem along the same vein, I can kind of recognize like okay. I, I know how this can go. I'm just going <laughs> to, like, you know, I can relax. I think for the longest time I tried to do the same things, and I, I can almost get angry at myself. I'm like, why can't I just be, be petty about this? Why, why can't I just oh. be un irrationally <laughs> mad? I, I want to, but I can't. Yeah, there's, there's some scenarios where I'm, I'm a bit like, oh, this should be a bigger deal to me, mm -hmm. you know? But it's like, I, I don't know. It's just how it is, you know, so... Now, what is your living situation like? Are you by yourself? You got family, friends? Oh uh, yeah. So when I uh, I, I graduated uni uh, last year in the summer. Oh, congrats! And, thank you, thank you. And uh, I came back, and because of the there's a little there's something going on in the in the world. I don't know if you've heard about it. <laughs> Maybe but, a little uh, bit. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen it like once or twice in the news, but um. I had to move back with my parents because um, living in England on my own. Uh, I, but like, I studied in England, like mainland UK, and I couldn't be there on my own because of I'm a high risk. Because I'm an oh, yeah. And so um, my family like told me like, listen, you're graduated, you can choose to live there, but you better get your ass back if you like have any doubts. Mm -hmm. And I said to play it safe. I'll move back. So I'm currently living with my parents right now. So, now, yeah. do you also have like a, a job on the side, or are you pretty much focusing on running and just waiting out this crazy world? Uh, a little bit of uh, 
It's like uh, three parts of it. So I'm, I'm like slowly, I'm not going head first into work. I'm letting everything play out and calm down. I am shooting my shot with a couple um, industries for, for game design because my, my graduate program was for game design and development. So real nerdy stuff, but yeah, <laughs> um, I was I'm like I'm just able to make games. I'm like capable of for like many situations for games and development. So I've been shooting my shot with companies for most things. Not gone too well, just because obviously of the situation of the world. And it uh, is hard. Yeah, I feel graduate, like something like that is you kind of have to know somebody too, oh, or yeah. have experience. Which how do you get experience? Is to get hired so that's tricky that, that beautiful cycle you need experience to get work but you mm-hmm. need work to get experience go figure so you're just screwed. Yeah. what so, uh, uh i guess what was the schooling like for game design i, I feel like there's always the the notion that either it's going to be extreme programming or a whole lot of not much and i don't know anything it a, about it it was actually really interesting honestly um a lot of a lot of courses do it differently because it's a it's a very like creative course or like a very creative field. So there's no like proper way to teach it. Some I know uh, one of my friends in a different university in England uh, told me about another game design course, which I actually also applied for, but I chose the one I went to. And they told me that the uh, the people that did that course in that university were mainly heavy on the programming side. Ugh. Yeah, which is. I mean, but, not my uh, cup of tea, but maybe you like it. I don't know. I'm all right with it. Like, I, I don't mind it. It's fun. I, I definitely like the more visual uh, stuff. For like sure. The, the, the artwork and the designing and stuff like that. But my course was just a bit of everything. Like, the programming was mixed nicely with, like, the artistic side of uh, games and, like, the theory behind it and stuff like that. Is there a certain aspect that, as you've grown to know more of it, that's, like, you want to pinpoint on, like, character design or world designer i don't know project manager some something like that uh the a role that i kind of gravitated towards is like a environmental designer oh okay like a level designer pretty much because it's like it's really cool because it's like painting Mm -hmm. you can you're just given this like blank if if you're your own manager or you make your own levels you're just given this blank slate and it's like pick a scenario picks like anything throw it in mix and match work with things and it offers really nice creativity and lets you just really go crazy with it. Some like aspects of game design, you kind of have to keep yourself in check. But when done right with level design, you can kind of go crazy. You can kind of just like get anything you want, chuck it in there, make it work. Now, this is actually something I heard people talking about fairly recently, and it, it intrigues me. So I, I'm guessing anyway, are there any levels or any games that really stand out to you that's like, this is what I think is fantastic level design? Uh, there's a couple. Um, I know uh, No Man's Sky was actually an interesting one because I actually, when No Man's Sky first came out, obviously there was a lot of hype about it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm understatement. A, I'm a bit. I'm a, I'm a bit oh, yeah. <laughs> I know so much hype. Oh, God. <laughs> but I'm a bit. I was a big fan. I got the game, and even though it wasn't great, obviously I was still a massive fan of the environments and anything space. Yeah, I love. Because space again, you can get super creative. Because no one, like, there's no expectation. At least when... in my opinion, the first four hours were amazing. Oh yeah. And then I after you're like, like, oh, it's all kind of the same, and then nothing. 
It's, mm. I, I, I like three hours now. <laughs> I, I can play something else now. Well, it's, uh, so I can't remember who was saying it, but the idea of having something very big is almost a shame because it just overwashes the details. So a game like Banjo-Kazooie, or Spyro even, have smaller levels, but it makes each section more important. I think that's kind of neat. Because, I mean, you play something like a open world, Red Dead, Grand Theft Auto, something like that, and it's just, they're all big and you end up ignoring most of it. Yeah, it's it's really hard to find that sweet spot because there are some levels, like I think in in Spyro One, that have really fun designs, but there's not much like meat there. Yeah, very, yeah. Very like thin level. So, and then obviously you have games like Red Dead, like these massive environments, but like you have a minute or two to walking in nothing. Mm-hmm. You ignore ninety percent of it, which is a yeah. shame. Well, that's why I think I think Banjo Kazooie is a really good um, concept for like good spread of detail and size for level mm-hmm. designs. Because you have your you have your levels you can spend a good hour or two in like as a casual, and like every little turn you're like, oh wow, this is kind of <laughs> so. And even in this their same universe, I think Tui kind of went along the the problems of being too big as well, which. Oh, yeah. It was still neat, but very different. Mm-hmm. And then you had, uh, I know uh, Nuts and Bolts, even with its uh, oh, poor yeah, reputation, <laughs> the levels were massive in uh, in that game. Obviously because of the vehicles, but I know there was, um, I, I read a couple of things that um, Nuts and Bolts was going to be uh, Banjo 3, but they like had to switch around, and the size of the levels, if that was going to be the, the three levels, they were massive, so it definitely was like an upgoing thing, upscale yeah. from one to. Now, since you live with family and stuff, do they know like that you speedrun very well, or stream in general? Uh, my they know my my family are very old fashioned, mm-hmm. so I I tell them that like oh I speedrun and I have these records and such, and they kind of look at me like. What, what are you want about? Like, you're you playing games, about? cool. Yeah, you're like, oh, you, you play games like five hours a day. That's crazy. Wow. When you're getting a job, <laughs> it's, it's basically the vibe. But oh. my my mum is very like supportive. She my mum doesn't know, but she's very supportive. Bless. But my dad's like super old fashioned. He doesn't care. You know. So I mean, that's cool, especially right now. I mean, shouldn't I? I'm in boxes. I'm currently living with family just until <laughs> I can. Well, I. Pretty much choose to get my life together again yeah so temporary temporary <laughs> yes hopefully when everything lifts in the world clears up again everyone can get their lives moving mm-hmm. so how has i mean covid really affected you were you were you very extroverted before are you a i don't know an outdoors person i was yeah uh i think for me, COVID hit at um, a really bad time mentally and a really good time physically. I'll go through that. So physically was because when COVID uh, hit was um, February of 2020 is when things started to get serious. And mm-hmm. we had GDQ in January 2020. 
So I was able to experience GDQ with some friends I've spoken to on online. Oh, you, you went to GDQ. Years. I did, yeah. Put a dent in my wallet, but managed to get there. <laughs> managed to get there. And I'm really happy I did because it was a great... I'm not very extrovert as a person, but going to GDQ mm -hmm. really, really made me enjoy the presence of others. And then I'm really happy I went and then COVID shut everything down because... I was able to experience that like last bit of like oh yeah like, i mean that was pretty much it another two months yeah. and the world shut down so yeah and then for for mentally it was pretty bad because um i was still studying at university when covid hit i, I graduated in summer of 2020 and obviously covid was early 2020 so i actually had i had a really good schedule in place and it was my final year too so it was like final projects and like the, the real uh the big deal and uh oh that's a cute dog <laughs> thanks he, he it's a bit of a pest but yeah sorry to interrupt with that. <laughs> that's <all right>. but <laughs> i had, i had a really good schedule in place i was up at the same time every day going to bed the same time every day i like integrated streaming with group projects and personal projects and being efficient with my work and i had that all set for a month it was like a beautiful month everything was like orchestrated perfectly mm -hmm. to then be like university shut everything oh. shut change of everything and it like it broke the schedule and it, it really sucked because you i got on that mood where i was like you know what things are finally coming together and then everything, <laughs> and then everything crumbles oh you thought here's a curveball oh, yeah. for you um yeah life was like oh yeah that oh, oh all right all right so wait, did you wind up graduating or is it on pause right now? Um, I, I graduated. Oh, uh, the okay. ceremony is on pause. I've been yeah. for like a year and after, just for any kind of word. After what amount of time do you just say, oh, well, maybe maybe we're not going to do an actual? I, I, I thought that around the end of 2020. I was like, I don't Ooh. think it's going to happen. But my friend reminded me that the timing of everything works out for us to share a graduation ceremony. Oh, okay. The graduating year of this year. So just be an extra long one. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of takes away a bit of the bite from the, the graduation. Mm -hmm. Because, it, it, like, the graduation class was, like, everyone knew each other. Every, like, it was, like, a family to yeah, survive. Yeah. You know I, mean? I imagine so. even more so than a high school one because everybody's in the same, you know, field. Like, you're going to be sitting with those people. Yeah, it, it was definitely my. I had a really lucky break with my um, my uh, my year because there was about twenty of us, and we were all in the same boat where we were like, "Oh my god, this is hell!" <laughs> so we we were all. It was crazy how many nights we all had just in a computer lab with food, blankets, pillows. People were sleeping like in the labs, getting work done, and it like. A problem came up three of us went and helped and then the same thing for others it's kind and, of funny like something like that yeah. doesn't sound very fun but something you'll remember you know oh yeah yeah it's, good experience it, for uh, okay yeah. times yeah it's, it's one of those things you're in the moment you know like oh my god i want this to end but then it ends and you're like you know what that's just kind of fun <laughs> so no were you a traveler at all i was um not a big one my first year of uni i was very like indoors only going out for shopping and stuff mm -hmm. but when i met some of my friends um we actually set up a little thing uh, my mate a brilliant idea 
he said once every oh, twice a month once every two weeks get on a train and just go somewhere like a different town somewhere nice because it was super cheap to travel on a train oh it was yeah like eight pounds for a train ticket. jeez that's it yeah that's it there and back eight pound for the day and it's like all right so it's, it was crazy so twice a month we would bugger off somewhere somewhere super nice we take a camera because our university was like tech mm -hmm. we were able to rent out a camera really free. oh that's neat yeah. It was really cool. And then basically we go out somewhere, snap some pictures, have some fun, come back, return the camera, cycle it again in two weeks, go somewhere different. So where's been some of the coolest places you've been? I went to York in England, which was probably one of the, like, the best place I went to visit. Pro I do want to try and live there in the future. Oh? It was one of those areas. It was. What's it so seems... appealing about it to you? The, the architecture of the area is so... Um, the architecture, like, huh? Like modern yeah, or old it's, school? It's like a mix of old school and modern. It's like, like you have a chunk of old school and it's like protected. Like there's like signs mm -hmm. and like the buildings like compensate for that. And then you have the new stuff, like the fancy buildings. And they have this beautiful um, like synergy where it doesn't look weird. It doesn't clash like the new buildings kind of take after the old buildings so it just seems like the city's just progressed it I'm, doesn't look like something new is just there i'm curious enough i'm definitely going to google it later oh yeah uh besides york you have your big ones like manchester liverpool just the big cities mm -hmm. the the tourist attractions somewhere i went which actually took me by surprise was um i believe it was blackpool it we we were talking about it, and we were like, oh, it's a trip to Blackpool, and we were all kind of like, mm, isn't like, isn't it like a bit dodgy there? Like, not very cool. We ended up going, and we went by the seaside, and there was this, like, beautiful walk. You can go, like, an hour across the seaside, and it had, like, piers of, um, like, cafes and um, arcades. Oh, and nice. Like Anything by the yeah, water, so I'm a sucker for, so I was like, oh, this yeah, sounds yeah, perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was definitely, um, a really like surprising trip because we we all went going a bit like we we might walk around for a couple hours and then pack it up but we stayed there a long time i say almost like 10 hours oh we nice i mean yeah, i guess to be really pleasantly cool. surprised is always nice makes it even better oh yeah yeah it was it was one of those trips that we were on the train back and we were like damn that was that was good like <laughs> We were all just so like stunned by it because no one went going like, "Oh, this is gonna be fun." We all went a bit like, well, "It'll be an we'll, experience, like, sure." Yeah, we're, we're trying to have fun, but like, I don't think it's gonna go well. But now we went and it was beautiful. I can't help but hear cities, you know, like Manchester, Liverpool, and wonder: Are you a, a football fan? Yes, I I used to play uh, football semi-professionally in my youth. So <laughs> more more about me, more more. But I, I used to, um, I, I live on an island where football is um, pretty cherished because mm -hmm. it's like the only, it's the only sport that has good recognition. And so I spent uh, my early days in primary school when I was like 10, 9, 10, and played football all the way till I was 20. Oh, wow. What, uh, what yeah. position do you like to play? Uh, goalkeeper. Oh, even harder. Damn, you're crazy. I, and, uh, I always think it, it takes a special someone to do <laughs> keeper spots and anything. Yeah, it, it's stressful. Um, the the mentality that was um, brought 
uh, with the team was that the goalkeeper is the most important role because mm -hmm. if you have a if you if you have like a dodgy striker, you can have like the the midfield kind of work with that. But if you have a dodgy goalie, you're in trouble. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, let the anything so, in. Oh, easily be the yeah. most hated person as well, just because of yeah. that. <laughs> your your team have a great game. You let in one like shocking goal, and that's it. Like all the credibility is gone. But it was actually it was really fun because obviously when you do come through and you do have a good game, it's one of the most like morale boosting things for you for sure so. now what about what's your favorite club uh man united manchester united oh nice yeah i don't keep up with football that much since i stopped i mm -hmm. i had one of those things where i was like okay i'm kind of done with it and i just basically almost completely cut it out because i just kind of moved on to different things but when we went to manchester uh we wanted to go to the stadium. We wanted to, but it was going to be a 40-minute bus ride. Oh. And we, were, and, and, and we were like, you know what? We, uh, we, we can leave it for a different day. Now, I'm kind of sensing, and don't, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you seem to be maybe a bit competitive. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, from, from my youth, obviously with football, Mm -hmm. It's um the, the mindset of a winner is imprinted early, depending on who you have. My uh my primary school and my secondary school um had a lot of uh, sporty lads and uh, a lot of people who were also hyper competitive. And I was a very like I was very shy, I was very timid, I was very like cute myself kind of kid. But then I, I found football and I remember there were a couple like PE sessions in school where we would do football, mm -hmm. and like I give them mad respect because even though they were like the cocky kids, like you have your your school bullies, like they were in that range. They were really like passionate when PE would come up, and then that passion kind of fell on me. I was like, oh, I, I like the energy <laughs> they're giving here. I, I want to also give that kind of energy. And I want to like feel that energy. So I'm not getting messed I up got, today. I, mm -hmm. <laughs> I know I was not ready for that. <laughs> and then from then, anything that I could find that could um, give me like a rush, like football did in my youth, I, I mm -hmm. run out and go for. Now, anything with a team like that is certainly time consuming. Did you play lots of video games as a kid? Yes, yes. I, uh, I, had, I had like different phases, which is a, a little weird looking back, but I kind of flip-flopped between football and like games and like introvert mm -hmm. extrovert and so i would spend like a month or two going out often to then spending a month or two going to school and then coming home that's it i don't leave my house again oh and yeah it was it was really weird that's, I, uh, especially as a kid that seems like a an odd balance for sure yeah i i definitely i think it was just because of the um the atmosphere at least for me because when i would be home all the time is when i like new games come out or like christmas comes around fa like family get a new console it's like oh yeah i'm sitting with mm -hmm. this then what do you guys have oh, uh, when i was growing up my dad actually um passed down his game collection from his life to, to me so I, I picked up super nintendo nintendo 64 the ds the ps4 and the ps2 Oh, sweet. I, I've always thought that would be, like, the way you kind of want to do it. The actual progression, 
You don't just start someone off with, oh, here, you get a PS2 right away. But you get to appreciate <laughs> the oldies. Oh, yeah. I actually... I, I did play PS2 as my first. I remember the first game I ever played. It was actually the game I, I speedran for nearly two years, which was Kingdom Hearts 2. Really? Yeah. Okay. The first, first game I ever played. And the only reason why is because my dad plopped everything down in front of me, all the games. And he said, pick one. If it's right for you to play, I'll let you play it. So and he played I the think... Kingdom Hearts games? Yep. Oh, that's, yep. that's got to be awesome. Yeah, I, I remember, like, it was my first, like, I say my first game, I maybe played, like, a Game Boy game or something. Yeah, like, something yeah, of school. course. But it was, like, the first game I the played. The first memorable. Like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then from there, I played the PS2 games, dropped down to the PS1 games, and then dropped down to the Nintendo stuff. And that's when I found stuff like Ocarina of Time, Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie. I found all that stuff after the PS2 um session and kingdom hearts always it was one of those games where i'd be playing something and i'd be like oh i kind of want to play kingdom hearts now you know i'm trying to so. get a, a, a range what how old are you uh 21 so i guess that kind of makes sense just what was out already by the time that you were of age to really know what you were doing yeah my, my parents didn't drop the consoles on me from a very early age they they waited for me. I, I barely played games for a good chunk of my life. And then my parents just dumped everything on me in one go and said, pick a game. <laughs> Here you if, go. If, if, if it's good for your age, I'll let you play it. And I said, I picked the, pick the Disney one. And this Disney, they saw Mickey Mouse on the cover. They were like, happy days. Nice. Let me run off and play it. Actually, I remember I was like, I had to be 12 or 13. And one of my friends bought, brought over Kingdom Hearts 2. And I'd never heard of the series. I'm like... So this is kind of weird that's got, you know, Disney characters mixed in, but the like the combat and the, the open world, I was like, this is maybe one of the sickest games I've ever seen in my life. And oh, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I saved up birthday money, whatever. I bought it and I played the shit out of two. I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. So good. I guess, did you go back to the first game afterwards or and have you liked playing the games casually as they've come out? I I was a bit of a fake fan i guess you could say <laughs> for for a, a good bit i i'm, I'm gonna wear a muscle i won't lie about it because i obviously kingdom hearts 2 is my first mm -hmm. and it's considered the best in the series and so when i went to play kingdom hearts 1 and then i went to play the the handhelds i was always these I are just worse like, versions imprint. yeah yeah i had this <laughs> imprint of cage 2 where i i, I just felt Oh, this isn't as good as cage 2 which is a flawed mentality mm -hmm. but because i was like obviously I, I wasn't i guess seasoned or just matured to appreciate it so whenever a discussion would come up about it it would always like for me it would just be, yeah but kingdom hearts 2 is just the best yeah which, uh, which i still hold that opinion to be honest oh yeah yeah it, it's a fair opinion like with with opinions at least for me anyway if you not not you, but like just in general. Yeah. If you if you have played the games or you just like have sat down and gone through the content and then said, I I I think two's the best, then it's like respectable, you know. But for me, I was like barely put any time into two. Like mm -hmm. played one like halfway through, I was like, eh. and I'm like, yeah, two's <laughs> the best. And, and like uh, I look back now, and I'm like, oh, that's a dodgy dodgy opinion there. So now this many years later, have you played or seen? most of the games 
Yes, I actually uh, have speedrun uh, quite a bit of the series now and played uh, every game in the oh, series. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I, I have good experience with everything. I have friends who uh, speedrun uh, the handheld games and just uh, and uh, different versions of the game that I don't run or uh, I don't play as much. So I was able to get a good um, like intake of gameplay and stuff for the games. Now... I always like to do something kind of different, just make things interesting. How would you feel about doing a tier list based on the major Kingdom Hearts games? Not 100% of them, but... Okay. All right. Uh, I'd be down for that. That sounds good. That sounds good. Hell yeah, sweet. We'll start with the main games. So okay. I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark here to say that 2 is going to go into S tier. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yep. No doubt, no doubt. Now, how about the first game? Where do you think that belongs? I is it is this a like a subjective to this or do you want me to sit Oh, completely down subjective your opinion. Who cares about my anyone opinion? else? Mhm. Mm if it's my opinion, I I'm not I'm not going to like make an upset, but I think it, it's like a low A. Oh, okay. That's uh, that's actually higher than I kind of expected. Yeah, because I I didn't like Cage One when I mm -hmm. first played it, but then I came back to it and uh, watched a lot of speedruns of it when I got older, and I I began to appreciate it a lot more. So now, hey, that looks good. If you had to put something as you know what, this is kind of the worst game. Is there anything that comes to mind just so we can have a baseline for F potentially? Uh, what options are there? BBS, Recoded... Uh, Union X, 3D, Dream Job Distance, Chain of Memories, Recoded, Birth by Sleep... I don't even know what this is, actually. Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage? Oh, it's 0.2, yeah. That's a... Uh, it's a 2.8. Oh, okay, it's okay. It's like a bundle in 0 0.2. Uh, far right, uh, Union Cross, Union X, down mm -hmm. F. <laughs> so if, is that if, the phone game? Gonna... Yes, this is the gacha okay. game. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Uh, you can find a lot of videos about how like the system is rigged for pay to win, and it's just this. It's really like there's a lot of lore in there, but you can just watch those on YouTube. And playing the game, it's fun, but you hit a brick wall where it's like, okay, you need to put money in now before you can start like mm -hmm. progressing again. It's which like is that, the inherent flaw with the freemium model, which I ugh, I hate so much. I'd rather just, yeah. I don't know, pay to have a good game. Mm. But, I'm happy you put Union Cross there, because that would be the only game I would put below E, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to so. lie, that's kind of what I figured, that's why it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Another game of trash, yes. <laughs> Alright, now what about 3? Three? 3 goes up in S. In okay. S tier? Yeah, I'll explain why. So okay. a lot of people, a lot of people have their flaws with KH3. I was also um, a bit skeptical on the game, but from playing it, I I uh, speed I did speedrun it and I really enjoyed it. And the the story is the the pacing of the story isn't great, but for me, the pacing is something that's like not the, the foreground. The foreground for me is the the mechanics, the visuals, and KH3 really like hits that hard, like that nail on the head for sure. It's like it's like eye-bogglingly good. So. Yeah, it it was pretty. I'll, I will definitely give it that. I a lot of I don't know gripe I had a lot was 
kind of, I don't know, made it easy because there was always animation frames like you could transform every five seconds and like the story just seemed like it was a lot of product placement. And then at the end, it was finally delivering me that juicy story that I, I was waiting so many years for. Yeah, in my I opinion, think, but I'd also I played it once and called it, so you might know a lot better than me. Well, I mean, for for story, I I don't. Uh, I'll be honest. Cage story is lost on me. True. I don't, really, I don't really care for it. I the reason why I love um, Kingdom Hearts as a series ain't because Mickey Mouse is on the cover. It's because of the gameplay. That's like the meat of it. And the story, it was nice seeing Disney Worlds. Keep the Grave was fun. That's like all I cared for. I didn't care for like the interlinking or like the lore nuggets left in like mm -hmm. a different game in three. I didn't care for any of that. That's mm -hmm. why when I, when I played three, obviously I had my gripes, but I I only cared for visuals and the gameplay, and both of those were amazing for me. So that's why it's up and S for me. Uh, kind of a I I cry about it, but I guess funny story. I I was living in Japan when it came out. And it released like two weeks early for some reason. And I thought for sure, I'm like, oh, they'll have a, a language setting, at least subtitles. And so I, I bought it. I was so excited. I'm like, I'm getting it the midnight release. I'm going to get to play it two weeks before all my other homies. And I start playing. And I'm like, there's no option here. So I played through about half of the game without knowing what was going on. And then I end up buying it again to play the English version, then a couple months later they added the patch so that there was subtitles and you could change the spoken language too. I'm like, you fuckers, and taking all my money. Yeah, that, <laughs> I paid way too much money special. for this game. <laughs> oh, dude, that's the Square Enix special, man. They, I don't know how they do it, but they they squeeze every pound out. Oh, of for sure. I swear, man. Reselling everything on PC for like a hundred bucks, bro? No chance. You buy just 1.5, 2.5, that's like, that's already a dent in your wallet. And then you go buy three. Not to mention, I've already oh. bought it, you know, three times. Once for PS2, once for PS3, once for PS4. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't yeah. buy it again. I'm not, I'm not doing it. A lot of, uh, Unless the randomizer comes out, in which case, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of people... Uh, back when KSG was being uh, released, I was in the community, and everyone was like, oh, I'm going to buy the JP release, I want to play it two weeks early too. And a part of me was like, I know if you buy the JP release, you're going to buy it again for the lore. Yup. That's, that's what happened in the end, you know? So. Well, hey, if anybody wants a JP copy, well, <laughs> I got to upsell it because it's Kingdom Hearts, so... A hundred dollars. That's like normal Square Enix prices, you're good to go, my man. Oh, yes. But let's press on. What about uh, 358? 358, I think, is B for me. Okay. The, yeah. The, the gameplay for days, although it can get repetitive, is pretty fun if you uh, go out of your way to mix it up. If you, if you play with the same loadout, because it has like a um a menu system where you have to put abilities into like this grid system, and the grid is only a certain amount of size depending on your level or how far you progress in the game, and so you can kind of there's like different shapes like texture shapes for some abilities and levels, 
And I I really experimented with it because Dave's was actually one of the last cage games I played on the DS because um, we didn't actually have it. I actually found out on a shop. I was like, oh, Kingdom Hearts game, snag that. <laughs> and so I, I was already somewhat, not knowledgeable, but had experience. So once I felt it getting a bit grindy, I switched up and had like so much fun. Played it again, switching it up every uh, oh, that's... missions. That's cool. Yeah. Adds a a different aspect of gameplay to it as well, which is always nice. Yeah. Now, speaking of, what about uh, Dream Drop Distance? (sighs) Oh, there's some pain Uh, behind that. (laughs) Oh, balloon. 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 So, okay. The, The general consensus of the community is 3D is an F. Oh, wow, However, really? Yeah, people do not like 3D. But I want to say it is a D. I, I'll explain why before I have the, the, <laughs> the pitchforks and torches outside my window. Um, 3D, obviously there's the balloon spam meme. Whenever you, <laughs> whenever you bring up 3D anywhere, everyone's going to be like, oh, triangle spam with balloon. That's yeah. the meme. <laughs> but the way that I played the game, obviously I had no clue. So my main enjoyment, again, was a similar process with Days, where I was just mixing it up and messing with things. And so I never really had that kind of experience ruined for me. I got to actually enjoy the game. And the levels in the game were actually pretty fun. Like the Three Musketeer world, I, th- I thought was my favorite. I really enjoyed that like kind of chemistry. Yeah, I really, so, I didn't hate it, so... I'm I'm surprised to hear there was an instant F, but I didn't yeah. try to speedrun it or anything like that. I just you know played it when it came out. Mm-hmm. The speedrun for it is obviously balloon spam. On yeah, easier categories, but uh, level one speedruns of DDD are actually super fun because they actually use different tools besides balloon, and that's where 3D really comes through for me. That's where I enjoy it quite a lot. But all right, moving on, chain of memories. Jenny Memories for me is um, I'm torn between C and B. I think uh, put it in B. Okay. Do you think better or worse than uh, 358 days? Well, worse than days, I'd say. I, I like Chain of Memories is a very subjective take, I'll be honest with you, but um, it was actually a really enjoyable game for me because I really liked the, the card system with the game. I thought it was really, uh, it was obviously super unique to the series, never been done before. And I don't know if, if it was just my attention span, but I never really felt the game got super grindy. Yeah. Which I, also I think was a product of its time, too, a little bit. I think yeah. things are gravitating more towards the grind to keep people playing longer. And, yeah. and this was GBA, so it's just, hey, enjoy our game. Cool. It is what it is. And I like yeah. that. I actually played the uh, the PlayStation remix and not the GBA version. Oh, how how did it play on uh, console? I guess it's kind of nice that I, they I, ported these things forward. But oh yeah, it's a shame that uh, Days is just a movie. Yeah, the gameplay. If if Days had the gameplay, I'd put it to an A, honestly, because I really enjoy that. But 
I, I loved it on console because it, it had one FM graphics and it played in a unique way. And I really appreciate that. And again, it never really got grindy for me because I also would mix it up. Like I would, I wouldn't be doing it too often, but I'll like do four or five fights and be like, okay, switch a few things around, four or five fights, switch a few things around. And so I, I just really enjoyed it. I only, I've only ever done two playthroughs of it. So maybe if I do a third or a fourth, I'd have my mind changed on it. But for the two playthroughs I had, I think I experienced a lot of the game, which was pretty fun. And how did it compare to Recoded? Recoded is a C, for sure. I like it. We're actually getting it pretty diversified on this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I want to make sure... Obviously, this is a very subjective uh, tier list, but I also want to be thinking very uh, logical about it because I actually... I, I'm I'm in the minority of people who actually enjoy the handhelds. A lot of the the popular opinion will be the main three handhelds suck. <laughs> that's that's yeah. like, like the general consensus. So I, I like to I appreciate games when they're done well, and I feel like the handhelds have good things going for them. So I want to make sure they 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 have their merit. Now, I certainly did not have a PSP, so I don't know anything about Birth by Sleep. But how did Ooh. you like it? Uh, same with um, Chain of Memories. I actually played it on the PlayStation um, version when it was ported. And I, on PSP, I couldn't tell you, but I know on PlayStation it's actually pretty enjoyable. I would put it in the highest B tier over days. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'm torn on putting it in A because BBS was the first, not the first, but it was it was a cage game that actually had me really interested in the story because of the way the game was designed. It would be like the three characters, you have Terra, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I forgot the names of the characters or something, oh my god. You have the, you have the three main characters and the story is like interlink and intertwine as you play. And I really like that kind of concept of storytelling. Uh oh, so uh, the fanboys are coming after you for that comment, oh, by the way. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> I can hear them out my window now. Oh god! You gotta run this so quick. I gotta go to my bunker. <laughs> but uh, I, I really liked how the story like intertwined with the characters. It was the first KH game that actually made me really appreciate the story since uh, one and two. So I, I was really enjoying it. Gameplay as well, super cool. It comes under the same. Um, Command deck is uh, 3D, mm -hmm. but there's no there's no balloon, so things are, are pretty good. Balanced. Yeah, yeah. And point two. Point two, I would put it. I put it in C above recoded. Okay. It was it was a really short game. It's basically just a demo for KH three. But I actually really enjoyed it. Obviously, oh. it was out. It, it was like yeah, I think I remember this now. Yeah, that's why it didn't ring a bell. Yeah, it it was it, it didn't have like on the cover like trailer or like uh, demo for Cage Three, but mm -hmm. the way it played, it was like almost identical to Cage Three, and it was the it was like the first batch of new Cage content that made everyone go like, oh wow, okay. Obviously, it's a very 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 short game. But because of how fresh and like fun it was, it definitely left a good print. Obviously not the best because it was kind of meh. Uh, like on your third uh, or fourth playthrough, it kind of gets stale pretty quick. 
but first second playthrough is where the magic's at. It's kind of nice that you even talk about these. You're like, oh yeah, on your on your third playthrough. I mean, it just shows that adding replayability to a game, even without speed running it, is enjoyable. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's all about just experiencing a different path in the game, even yeah. if there's no, if it's like story path, you can just do the same story, but just playing the game a little different on the second time lets you appreciate it and basically play like a new game, uh, depending how different you go compared For to the sure. first playthrough. Oh, that was a good tip. I'm pretty happy with what yeah, I, I thought that was balanced list. actually. I'm like that that's perfect. Because yeah. one of the things, especially when it's a good series, typically everything's like, yeah, A, 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 maybe a C. So it'd be like, <laughs> yeah. oh no, that's an F. Easy. Oh yeah, well, that's a D. We're good. Yeah. I, I, I dislike when uh tier lists are very lopsided. Of, of mm-hmm. course, sometimes sometimes it's just the case. Whatever. But from what I've seen the KH community definitely leaned towards obviously the main three being the big three and then everything else being just below average mm-hmm. D E F, you know? So that's why I, I appreciate the handhelds. And again, when the games do something right, they, they deserve it. Yeah. You right. reward it. It's great. Yeah. Now I wanted to use that as a nice transition to ask, how did you like running the kingdom hearts games? Ooh. Uh, so Kingdom Hearts 2 was my first speedrun. Obviously, it, it was really poetic that the first game I played was the first game I ran. Mm-hmm. But I thoroughly enjoyed the uh, the game. The The community was a different story, but the game itself, at least for 2FM uh, for now, 2FM being Cage 2 Final Mix, 2FM was um, an amazing speedrun because of the uh, the amount of tools and the uh, the requirement to do well, like the bar is yeah. so high for that game, it's absurd. It's, it's crazy. How people, did? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so I was just gonna say, people when I joined the community, people had runs that pe- people would look at that at the time and be like, "That's it. That's it. Like, it's not getting <laughs> We can't push and, this anymore." Yeah, it's like oh, it's just crazy. And then mm-hmm. you look back at that. You look back at those kind of times now, and you're like. Users? Like, <laughs> that sucks. What the hell? It, it, yeah. That's always fascinating to me in the development of a speedrun. Mm-hmm. How did you yeah. come to run it, by the way? Like, or I guess speedrunning in general. How'd you find out about it? How did you decide, you know what, this is what I'm going to do? So, speedrunning was actually kind of a came in clutch for me because I started speedrunning when I went to university. And when I went into university, there's like, I was somewhere on my own in a pretty dodgy city, no friends, no family anywhere, just on my own. And I recently had found Twitch at the same time too. And so I was just trying to keep stuff to take my mind off things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I obviously had my, my PS4 with uh, Kingdom Hearts and everything already there, but I, I would play it every once in a while. I didn't really care too much. And then I came across Bloody Biscuit's GDQ run of Kingdom Hearts 2 in GDQ 2016, I think, or 17, I don't remember. But I remember it uh, popping up in my recommenders and thinking, oh, wow, I love Kingdom Hearts 2, let me watch it. And I consider myself okay at the game, when, like, before then. Yeah. But then I watched, I watched the speed run and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that was crazy. Really and pushing the limits. 
Yeah, and obviously I saw that and I was I was hooked. So I was gone. I got my console. I I found the website for speedrunning because mm-hmm. I looked up um cage people on Twitch and then they had their speedrun.com profiles and I found it. I saw all the leaderboards, I saw everything. I was like, oh my god, I found it. The gold mine. Now I'm kind of a baby runner. Two years ago, was it uh speedruns live or were people already switched over to kind of speedrun.com more than anything? I believe speedrun.com was a thing mm-hmm. back when I started. I think I came in right when speedrun.com um had its footing. Oh, okay. So I, I don't remember. I have a speedruns live account. I've only ever used it for like one thing though. Like that yeah. So I think it was right as I joined speedrun.com came to fruition. And like from there it was just gone. Like that was it. It was over for me. Okay, now I didn't brag this up quite enough yet, so if you go to look at KH2 Final Mix, even miscellaneous categories, our man Logic here has just about every world record. (laughs) So when you started, did you know, or did you have any inkling that I'm going to be the best? When I started, it was 50-50. When I started, I said I wanted to be known as a good runner. Mm Mm-hmm. But I told myself, I'm not going to say I want to be the best. Because in football, too, the mentality of a winner is very important to not get cocky with it. Because it's so hard to be the best at something. Like, yeah, all for out sure. the best. That if, if that's your goal, you're going to, like, most of the time, set yourself up for disaster. Mm-hmm. So my, my mindset going into it was I want to be good enough to leave an imprint. So people know who I am or people know what I've done. Yeah. And obviously my passion for it just kept growing as I went on and on and on. And it hit perfectly because when I had when I had speed running, I had nothing else. It was my first year of uni. I was struggling with work. I didn't really have anything. And then I got speed running. I had all the people in my friend group that did speed running too. And I was like, I found it. You know, this is it. Now at this point I mean, two years ago, the game had been out for a long time. Did you have really guides that helped you, or did you have to trace your own path to save that much more time? The there were guides. There was uh, the routes, and there was the notes for the time that um, that I followed. I I definitely wanted to make sure that I kept my uh, my my like mentality or vision open, mm-hmm. and not tunnel vision on the current mail. Right. And so whenever I was playing the game, obviously when I started, I didn't care. I just copy-pasted the run from what I saw onto my my own screen. Yeah. And then when I did that and I started getting good at the game, I was like, this this fight could be better. Like, it feels off. And then you Mm -hmm. work on it. And then that's that's when the juicy stuff comes out. And, uh... I guess, how did you feel after you got your first uh, record for beginner any percent? It was, it was interesting because I, I was kind of flip-flopping between beginner and critical. And critical kicked my teeth in. Mm, I bet. <laughs> I, I actually have, to my knowledge, one of the worst starts to uh, 2FM speedrunning. Really? My fir- yeah, my first run was six and a half hours. Ooh. Yeah. With, with the record of the time being like a 258 so i i definitely had i mean uh, i guess that makes sense for a first run though 
you just kind of play yeah. it's pretty much a let's play with a timer yeah at least like, for most I, people yeah yeah I, I learned the route and i was like i'm just gonna play the game and obviously i i consider myself a bit of a pro i clearly was not i was clearly <laughs> far from but it was i'm happy i thought that because even though i have i think the worst run i it made me realize like oh my god i think i'm good but like the gap and like that made me more oh hungry. yeah oh for it, sure it yeah feel that and competitive so, spirit for sure oh yeah yeah and so when i would watch other people do runs and watching them succeed i would like I, i'm not a person to like be jealous of people's achievements when when i get their when they get their achievements i'm happy for them and yeah. then i go I, I want that too and then i go for it i don't look at them and be like oh, it should have been me I which i think like, is a healthy competitor which yeah. is obviously is good for mentality and yeah. ego i do i do my best I know, obviously, back in the day, I didn't really have a great upbringing, and so I I know um, it's like I kind of got the worst. So I know just not what to do as like a competitor, or just as a person in general. And I I do care for other people in the boards. Back when I started, I wanted to kind of like be that guy everyone looks to as like that friendly dude that it just like he's in it for the passion. So I, I was always, I would see people get achievements and I would see people get records. And even though I wanted records and I wanted to be like a top runner, I would still look at them and be like happy for them. And so when I would see people succeed, I wanted a piece of the cake. So I went to beginner and grinded beginner and I sat with it for two or three months. And then I ended up getting records and it was... That seems rather like, quickly too. Only a few months. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting because I've been told I'm a fast learner, which I can guarantee I'm not. But it, was just, <laughs> it, was, it was just because I had played so much Kingdom Hearts 2 that everything felt, not natural, yeah. but it was easier for me to take everything in. When you know the inner workings, it can uh, make it a lot easier, for sure. Yeah, I still struggled as hell. I, I still really like struggled. But I, I remember the feeling when I got beginner record. It was Euphoria for like a solid couple hours. That's and it? Then I went, yeah. And then I went to bed, woke up, and I wanted more. And that was it. Oh. Because I did my run super late. I would finish my runs at like 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. And I'd get record. I'd pop off. I'd be like, yes, dude, yes. Obviously, I had that rush, so I can't sleep. I wake up. I'm like, I got record. That's cool go to my lectures, come home, and it's gone. That euphoria is just gone. I know that's the general feeling towards most PBs, but I guess part of me just is like, I would imagine one like one day you just you finally get recce, and it's it's got to feel good. But to hear that it's also fleeting, oh, God, you're killing me. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, defi it's definitely person to person. I, I know mm -hmm. people who have gotten record, and they've loved it for like a month, and I... I I'm jealous. I will say I'm jealous of that. But <laughs> for for me, it was it was never one of those things where I just felt empty again. It yeah. was one of those. It was one of those things where I got it. I moved on, and instead of being like, "Oh well, let's go one last," I'd be like, "Now nah, I want another." Oh, I want to get another. Man's hungry. Yeah. I mean, shit. I, you I, definitely hit the other categories very well. So. Yeah, I I pride myself on my hunger. I will say because. It, for most of my life, I've always wanted to overachieve. 
little bit of like a goody uh, two shoes yeah. kind of deal. But when I obviously when I got record, I knew it wasn't an amazing run. It was a really good run to get record, but I knew myself it can be better. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, like, well, that's what I'm gonna do. And then I kept going with that. So how optimized do you think it is now? Like, is it gonna <sighs> stay? The current beginner record on the leaderboard is really damn good. Not, uh, not. I don't think it will last forever, but I think it will last for a good bit. Only because the second half of the run actually beats my summer best by five seconds. And my summer best wasn't like a fairly like average. My summer best was really good. It was like above everyone else's summer best. And in the last hour, I beat my summer best by five seconds. So I matched and gold. That's every actually insanity. Yeah. And 2FM, 2FM's late game is known to be consistent, but there are some elements in there that can throw a wrench in the work. And it's just about the tension about playing well. So when I think about my run, it's not got a great first half, but that second half really, mm-hmm. I think I give kudos to the person who beats that because I, like, I won't <laughs> They're be gonna have to earn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't be upset because I'll kiss my own ass a little bit. But if someone does, as you should, beginner, if someone does be that beginner record and it's like no load boosting, it's just like. Uh, like get outplayed i'd be like fair enough you know what i mean like they deserve the w for mm-hmm. that no, no problem with me now including category extensions do you know how many records you hold first place for no. i would be surprised <laughs> okay. if you did based on the shirt the pure number i just counted to double check fucking 28 28 reckies i have and 28 I... records <laughs> yeah and some of the, I mean, they've been sitting for a decent amount of time too. I'm, uh, I'm surprised people haven't tried to, to bop at least some of them. People have tried. I'll oh, say okay, that. okay. <laughs> there are some, there are some categories. I won't lie. So there are some categories where I'm the only runner, or there are some categories where I ran it and then competition kind of dwindled, not because of mm-hmm. me, but just because of the progression of the game. But there are some records there that I know that people have run. And wanted record and failed to have gotten records. So I'm pretty proud of that. Is your be- beginner any percent still the one that you're most proud of? It's tough. I have a lot of my children. There are, there are, <laughs> there are some runs I, I love, like my, my little boy. I tell you what, I, beginner is definitely up there as uh, one of my favorites. Uh, my level one uh, PB is also a personal favorite of mine. The reason why it is, is just because of the, the distance between every other runner. Mm-hmm. And what it was another little ego boost, but the consensus of level one was um, sub three was like the ultimatum. Like that was it. Yeah. You get under, you get under three hours and you got it. And I beat it by like three and a half minutes. Are you serious? Dang. Yeah. I got it down by like three and a half minutes. And so like that, that PB holds true to my heart because everyone had that standard of like, this is amazing. And I brung that bar up even higher. Breaking what you thought was even possible. That's yeah, nuts. That is, those are my favorite PBs, the ones. Again, I, I don't mean for like the ego boosts, but... Oh, uh, I mean, favorite... shit. I, I'm happy with my shitter times. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> <And Rockies. laughs> 
I, I really appreciate runs that push the bar for the category because I didn't just like squeeze by. You know, I mean, I, I mm-hmm. the, the extra distance. And those are the PBs that I, I hold true to me. So, like, my beginner PB, my level one PB, my standard and proud PBs, I, I'm pretty happy with. A miscellaneous category, which I hold true, is beginner all puzzles, which is uh, a fairly un. Like, a, it's a really, like, quiet category, mm-hmm. but people, be, people are sleeping on it. Oh, is it really good? It's like so really fun, fun to run. Mm-hmm. Well, the di- like the diversity in what you have to do and the amount that you have to do. There's something to do every like five seconds. You have to think of like how to get a certain piece or how to open a certain chest or grind forms. It, it was definitely one of my favorite categories to run. I'm sad people be sleeping on it. Now I don't know how much you mind even talking about it, but. Why is it that you've retired from running Kingdom Hearts? So it's a it's a pretty um it's a story I think that when you hear it you can go to one or two sides and it's no I have no problem with which side anyone goes on because I I wear it on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. The reason why I quit the KH uh community and the KH scene is because I felt like I wasn't getting the the respect or attention I um had um brought up with my records. It sounds super egotistical, but I uh I, especially with your openness about it, I am very much I can see it, I relate to it, and I think it makes perfect sense. Alright. I'm happy. Normally people I, I have the fear about I'll say that to people and people just go, Oh you're just like cocky, like you're just arrogant. You're just greedy like but, but I remember I was obviously, a majority of my PBs for any percent were, like, the community defined those categories, and the bar was set, and I pushed that bar so far for a number of categories, Mm -hmm. and I felt like a majority of the time, people didn't know, which is, like, not their their fault, like, it's fine, or people didn't care, which was the the hurtful one, because... um, the cage community has a problem with the imbalance of viewers. It did, I will say. It's, I think, better nowadays. But back in the day, there was a very bad imbalance of viewers. So the partner streamers had a couple hundred per uh, streamer, and the next best who wasn't partner was like 30. Oh, yeah, I could. I mean, makes sense. I've seen it time and time again. Yeah. So when discussion of speedrunning the games came up, a majority of the time, my name was never mentioned because the majority of people that were in the KH community and the competitive scene and the speedrunning scene were people who would normally hang out in partner streamers' chats. Mm-hmm. And it, in those chats, rightfully so, no one's really talking. Like, the streamer's not talking about me every minute. Rightfully so. I'm not, like, wanting to do so. But my name never comes up. So how would they know me? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And that wasn't like I, I knew this was going on. That wasn't the reason. It, it, I was upset about it, but I said, I'll just keep, like, getting records. I noticed this around halfway through my, my like, career for KH, and I, re- I realized it. I said, it's fine. I'm not upset with it, but whatever. I'll just keep getting records. The thing that hurt the most for me 
was um, fellow top runners of the game and their respect and view towards me. Because I the, the KH top flight of runners back in the day, I will say, I can't speak for today, mm-hmm. were very e- were very ego-driven in the bad way. Mm. So a lot of the runners, I won't name names, but for people listening, I, I don't want to name names to drag people for the dirt, but I think it'll be fairly easy for people to put things together. Yeah, which there I mean, are... it's just is what it is. But we don't have to blame anybody necessarily. It's just history at this point. Yeah. Yeah. There were people I shared a category with that we worked together to push it down. And for me, I I never wanted to get a record to have it over someone else. I wanted to have a record because I wanted to push the category. Oh, that's so wholesome. And I love love to hear stuff like that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't, I'll, I'll be honest, that wasn't my mindset from the start. My mindset from the start was I want to be better than others, which I grew out of and began mm-hmm. to understand like that's not the point of it. And I'm I'm no angel with uh with the scene. I I I said some pretty provocative things <laughs> to like it's obviously like it's is it's, it's bad. I won't lie, it was bad. But I I would say things to kind of stoke a fire mm-hmm. to kind of get a reaction. Not like incredibly bad things, but just like in-game 2FM things, which I look back and regret, but it, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't saying, like, ludicrous, like, you'll get cancelled for this thing. Yeah. At so, least you can recognize your own shit stinks. I think that's the, the biggie, yeah. too. Yeah. But the, the problem with it all came from when I ended up beating the people who I shared categories with. And the, the most famous one is of Critical Mode. I was playing on a base PS4, and my uh, competition was playing on a PS4 Pro with an SSD put into mm. the console. And that together saved about a minute over me on hardware. It's beefy. And my competition was a partner streamer, narrowing it down even more. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so, obviously, people in their chat, I, I was beat twice, and I was fine with it. I like. That happens, it's the, it's the nature of the game. But the thing that rubbed me the wrong way were the people in the chat not knowing about the time differences and dragging my name through the dirt for either the joke or a meme or just being genuine. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've had like my name put into to jokes that like completely discredit me to people who don't know it's a joke or to people who are just being serious. It just absolutely discredits my name. And it bothered me because I knew my gameplay was better. Plus, you put so much time into it, like to just be shrugged off for something that you've worked hard towards. That oh, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, Uh, obviously the the other runners put as much passion as I did into the game. I'm not going to exclude myself in that regard, you know. So, but it was just upsetting because a bit of an, an ego thing. But I knew my run was better. But everyone in the scene didn't know or they just mm-hmm. didn't acknowledge it and so that that bothered me and so i ended up upgrading uh, i put up a donation goal and the people who were in my chat bless them they uh helped donate to, to get me a ps4 pro with an ssd oh nice and when i got that all set up i ran and i beat my competition and they never beat me back and i just kept pushing that time and when that happened when i when i got record when i pushed it, I think, about a minute and a half past them. 
every everything about my name went silent. It was all what? about yeah. It was it was all about what's the competition gonna do. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad because it was a bad situation for both myself and my competition in that moment because the the way the audience viewed it was I had my run. I'm out the question. It's for this runner to now strike. Which and so. It, uh, I think that's was... friendly competition. I don't know. I love seeing words go back and forth. So, yeah, I do. I do too. But the way it was dealt in chats in my mm-hmm. chat and theirs were very, very toxic. Oh, and a bit of hostility to something. Yeah, like to something so close to heart because we were both as passionate as each other. Yeah, something so close to heart. Adding that, it wasn't great. So we we had the misfortune of um, my competition being really pressured and just felt like everyone was just kind of piling on him. And for me, I felt like people just weren't, like no one cared, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I felt like I got my times and everyone was like, all right, the partner stream up, do your runs, you know, let's see what you're going to do. And it's like, but I just did it. I think... Know? There is something really powerful for that in top runners. I've seen it across several games now where the runner up or someone that used to hold it and then gets beaten, people have such high expectations and it takes a toll on mentality for sure. And they wind up either just not playing the game at all anymore or taking a a very extended break, to say the least. Yeah, there's no different to what happens to us in that regard. So... Just so you know, there's no bad blood yeah, with yeah, anything. Yeah. We we ended up talking it out, and it was again. I was no angel. We 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 both were pretty unprofessional, but it was made infinitely worse by just the um the uh, addition of the the community's view on it. So that was my that was my first. I'm sorry if like the story is dragging. Oh no no it's again. This is about you, and I I love hearing it. I. Plus, I knew I just like to ask so it can be, you know, documented. <laughs> uh, that's sound. I, I just, I don't want to obviously drag it on. But there was that instance and one more that I'll talk about, which happened very quickly after. So because of the the kind of realization that I, I, I personally was just like, no one really cared. I got my run. People said their GG's on the day. And like, that was it. It was just kind of over. Like, uh, yeah, at least for me, I would mentally build it up. I'm like, oh my God, finally got to this point. I worked so hard for it. And then to just get like, eh, GG, man. I'm like, no, fuckers, this is a big deal. Listen to me. <laughs> I know. I was, I was like, I was, I was, where's the confetti was like, at? I, I, I was just like in a bit of disbelief. I was, because uh, obviously I wasn't expecting people to kiss my feet. Yeah. You know, but I was expecting to like, go into uh, someone's chat, talk about 2FM, and then, oh, did you see what Logic did with, with Crit recently? Yeah. But that, that would never come up. At least from what I saw. I'm not in everyone's chat at the same time, but I never saw anything like that. So I ended up just kind of resenting the category. I didn't really... I grew to hate it as I was running it, but mm-hmm. we had that battle, so I was there for it. And then I just kind of resented it once I realized that I felt like no one cared. I just resented it and moved on. And I wanted to get out as quickly as I could. I wanted to just go to a different category. And um, I went to level one. And level one uh, had a friend, someone I, I, hold, or I used to hold really close to me, 
really cool guy we'd be in bc all the time we would talk real life and 2fm like they'd be mixed we'd have banner and stuff and he was talking about reroutes and new strats and back when i used to run the category i was baby faced and i had a not a great time and so i was i was eager to go there and compete with him because i was expecting stuff from him that i didn't get from the competition i had with critical mode right and so I went and did that. I rushed out of critical mode as soon as I could, like got my time left, went to level one. And the level one process was almost, almost identical to the crit process. I ended up running off because I had my um, PSL Pro, obviously. So mm-hmm. I had a free, I had a free minute in the bag to my old PB. So I just PB, 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 and I just jumped over everyone. Nice. And thank you. <laughs> and the my competition, it didn't PB a single time, and it led to this really tense situation between us, where this uh, this runner's ego wouldn't really like give in to me. Yeah, because level level one was there. Like they start with level one, they never did anything but level one for like as long as I was there for like two and a half years. Oh wow. And then I, like, people told me, I have to understand for them, having some little cocky kid come in, <laughs> snake, snake the snake record and push even further. <clears throat> and so it made for, like, a really tense scenario because he was really busy with university. He had a really serious degree. Oh, damn, that and, real life. Yeah. And it was really unfortunate because his time to run was just cut in half. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, Obviously, I had university, but I had a schedule set up, so I was able to like be efficient with it. And so when uh, the dust cleared and I had my time and he had his, I was kind of waiting for the sportsmanship that I didn't get in critical mode. I was waiting for it. You know what, man? You deserve a GG. Like, well done, you know? And obviously, I heard that from other people, but from hearing that from the competition yeah. would... For me, it, in my head, I, I, it would make it worthwhile, you know? For sure. Yeah. And I, then I, ju- I just never got it. I, the, the, the person would never talk with me about it. When the topic would come up, he would dismiss it very, very quickly. We talked less. And it, it really just made me resent competition in general for the, the, the KH scene because the two big names, the two people that I used to look up to ended up kind of it just it playing out in a really um unfortunate way now how have you and, liked uh oh sorry go ahead don't mean to interrupt uh, you so i was just to round up the conclusion so because of the community i felt lack of view of me and the kind of response i got from competition like the unsportsman like ego view of results i just said i'm not gonna part with this anymore and i i felt like i i literally was in my head i went i could go anywhere else and get more respect than yeah. I did than I, I can here. So I left. Now, because this is pretty much how I know you, what uh have you thought of the SRT community, the Spyro Reignited community? Because you push yeah. that, and 117 is hell. Three any percent, I think, looks miserable too. <laughs> you yeah. destroy them. And you've, I mean, Bobby is fantastic competition, to say the least. He's a robot. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's really fun. The the SRT crew, 
I I actually wanted to run OG three, and I didn't really I didn't really get situated with the community, and the game was just not really clicking with me. Oh, did you give it a couple I, attempts? Yeah, I I got a uh, sub one hour in hundred egg. Oh, okay, on, nice. On OG. I was planning on going on that record hunt for OG, but like after it, the game got hard, the love, like obviously the difficulty of the tricks, you fail mm -hmm. once, runs over. I was like, I'm not a fan of it. And so I actually watched Nost's run of a three any for um, yeah, Spyro three any percent. And I I looked at that run and I said, it's why one, bell. There's no stupid tricks. It's just movement. yeah. So I, went, I went and did that. The community was super welcoming. They helped me out with uh, anything I had to ask, and the the way the game played, I just really loved it. When I got to record level, already I wasn't even at records. I was like top five or something, and people were like in discords and like in my chat, like, dude, mad respect for like already being well known. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my god, like, what is this feeling? <laughs> and obviously. It, it may sound bad because I did get kudos in the KH community, but I felt like the level I was at. Yeah. Like I kind of got to a level and my skill kept going up and it kind of like the, the response from the community just kind of stayed down here. I wonder if it's something to do with size as well, because like I found Crash NST, Crash 4. Those top runners, they hype the shit out of each other. It's often you hear like, oh yeah, Potty's cracked. Jordy's cracked. These different runners, they're, they're amazing. Coming from people that used to hold records and stuff like that. And SRT, the same thing. It's like, oh yeah, I think Cat uh, is going to be a threat and because he's gotten so good so quick. And then sure enough, look at that. Cat's took 120 and or... Yeah, 120, right? My brain doesn't yeah, work sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a lot of mm. respect for pretty much all of the Spyro runners, honestly, because they, they all have their unique uh, traits and their personality and their mentality on the, on the, mm -hmm. the speedrunning scene. And it's it's nice because <clears> I can <throat> tell there's very low ego. It's just like a friendly... It's, they're just a friendly group. It's like the summary of it. Yeah, the, for sure. The, K, the KH scene was a lot of ego-driven runners at the mm -hmm. personal game. But I can tell from the Spyro community, a lot of like Bobby, Cat, Cam, like all those, all those brilliant runners are just like they're down to earth. You know, they're sound. You bop them, GGs. They'll talk smack. They'll bop you. You say GGs, you talk smack. The process continues. Now, and, oh, sorry, yeah. Oh no, sorry. I, got, I feel like I, I'm I bad at interrupting, so I try not to. <laughs> oh no, sorry. I'm like I'm a broken record. So <laughs> yeah, you can go. I saw you ran a hero's tale a couple of years back. Is that kind of what made you gravitate towards Spyro now? Uh, somewhat, yeah. And uh, also, I why? Because I don't think many people have played a hero's tale. So, a hero's tale was uh, a, a, like a sleeper game for me in my youth because I played a hero's tale once or twice, and I never, I didn't play it for like a year or two. But I would always be thinking about it every once in a while. I would think of like a random level or like an enemy from there, and I'd be like, "Oh, I should play it again." Mm -hmm. And I actually uh, did hero's tale runs while I was doing Kingdom Hearts two. Oh, okay. I was, I was in like a drought, and I was like, oh, I'm not getting any good PBs. It's been like two weeks. Ugh, I would do something else. Two weeks. And so, but <laughs> <laughs> my, my standards are obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I'm going to sound so bad. Or <laughs> but I, for, for my liking, I was slowing down and I was just getting annoyed. 
And so I said, I need something completely unrelated to uh, to FM. I need something just new. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, mm-hmm. I was practicing practicing to FM, and I had one of those hero's tale. Oh, I like I like I thought of a level, so I missed that level. And I said, you know what? I need I need something new to do. Let's let's run that game. I looked online. I saw the price. I copped an old Xbox 360, which I have right next to me, with Spyro for like 70 pounds. And I was like, yeah. But I picked that all up, brought it down, and then did runs. And I really enjoyed it. Any percent kind of wear down on me quicker than I'm used to because it's uh, you have a three minute cutscene, unskippable. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. At the, yeah, at, at the start of the run. And in the first 20 seconds is the hardest trick of the run. Oh, go figure. So you're going to be watching this cutscene a lot. Yep. Reset heavy. Yeah. Fun. Mm-hmm. And I, so... Ugh. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I've, I feel the same way about, like, SM64, because it just has the Dear Mario that takes, like, 50 seconds every time you reset. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So I pretty much have made that a requirement. Like, I'm not running a game that has something like that. Yeah. I, I was in the same boat. Uh, 2FM had like five seconds of downtime when you start and you're into the run, you're already moving and doing tutorial stuff. Mm-hmm. And so here is Tail being like, start your timer, kick your feet up for three minutes, <laughs> fail the first trick, reset, do it again, kick your feet up, you know? <laughs> but I-, I really enjoyed the game, even through the three minute like cutscenes, because uh, it was just something different. I-, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I do want to go back to that game and do uh, longer categories like 40 Dark Gems. I've had uh, a Dweeve, the, the top runner mm-hmm. of Hero's Tale. He's a friend of mine. He tells me about how it's like you have a three-minute cutscene and the hard trick is like gone because you go out of your way to get a double a double flight. Oh, they, so, they changed the whole category. Yeah. It's it's a completely like different experience, and he tells me that it's like you need to do it. But obviously, I had I had Kingdom Hearts too. Like, yeah. When I More came back to things. 2FM, yeah, when I came back to 2FM was when I hit my like up like upwards um, climb to like mega sweep. You know. Now that you've played a variety of games, what is it that you look for in a speed game? Like, which aspects appeal to you? For me, I think with with speed games, the the main things are um, obviously how the game plays. It's like the the important one, the variety in the speed run and the downtime. the The variety of the speed run I begin to appreciate a lot more. I like mm-hmm. a speed game that offers a lot in terms of like making your character do different things. Right. So. Uh, for me right now, I'll be honest, Spyro 1, uh, 120, I'm not too big of a fan of, because although it is very skill-heavy, yeah. it's very linear, it's very straightforward. And so I'm just not really too... I get a bit bored. You know? That makes sense, yeah. It's not a... Yeah. It is a test of consistency, more than anything, it seems like. Yeah. So, obviously, with Spyro 1, I'm a bit mad with that, but uh, uh, the reason why I was so attached to uh, Spyro 3, but 117 was because of the variety he offered. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I loved it. A lot, like, Cameron told me, like, he doesn't know how I could run it for so long, but I never really, un- <laughs> underst- I, I, I never really understood the annoyances of it, because I enjoyed mm-hmm. the gimmicks. 
Oh, I guess, yeah, that's all a matter of perspective then, so you're the perfect person for it. Yeah. Over time, it busted my balls, no lie. Mm -hmm. I saw the pain. I'm just like, okay, (laughs) yep, this gem disappeared two hours into my run. Fucking cool. (laughs) The memories, I know. The pain. I know. But that's why 117, I thoroughly enjoyed myself and like it, it, coming back to like the the community reaction of it, I I felt I didn't even have a really good time, and I already felt more appreciated. So that made me even more interested in mm-hmm. the run because like that feeling of like it sounds like proper sad, but the feeling of like being appreciated in a speed game is like oh wow, like that's a really like from to- other top runners being like dude you're, you're crazy bro. It's like. No context, yeah, that does sound a little sad, but I get what you mean. <laughs> I, I know. It, it, it like again, I'm not paying myself to be like the like the perfect victim, you know. But it, it, I definitely got like a feeling of like oh, I'm happy I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm in a much better place. So mm-hmm. that just made me drive to progress some more. And with the the downtime, two FM had gummy missions which were yeah. like three to four minute segments where you just kind of can put the controller down and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I I can appreciate that in 2FM because it's like a mental break, but I only appreciate it for 2FM because of the requirement mentally to run that game. Right. For other games that like small burst break, small burst break, it's not that advertising. So if I, ha- like I only forged that viewpoint after um i left 2fm so if i had that and i looked at spyro hero sale i wouldn't have done it okay which i can't say i blame you for at all i don't think i would either <laughs> yeah but obviously I, I like when i was in my drought i was like, i need to be somewhere else mm-hmm. and then Hero's i had it on my mind i just went and did it but it's um it's also just the uh I look, and another point I didn't mention was just the community itself. Because of the the KH community, I, I make it a lot more important to know who I'll be sharing um, like discords with and who I'll be sharing yeah, like, yeah. leaderboards with. Because I don't want to be <clears throat> hopping into a community where there are just like a bunch of just assholes, like a bunch of douches in the top spot. That's just not going to be fun for me. I'm not going to enjoy that. What's the point then? At that, that, you know? Yeah. Now, given so, that we know you're competitive, you push Spyro 3, are you going back to 3 any at any point? Not really. Well, somewhat. It's, it's a weird answer, but I, I will be going back to uh, 3 any if um, I feel like something is found. Okay. I'll always leave the door open for any category, but with how the run is right now, and with the kind of how volatile the run is thanks to rocket storage it's uh it's something that i've already made a statement in that category mm-hmm. obviously i i held record for it before bobby um bopped me and i feel like bobby got the first 44 big ups to him i had a record for a certain point ticks all the boxes the category came down i had record for a bit um content yeah which is fair plus especially yeah. at that top level that is Again, a very reset heavy game and difficult. Yeah. Now what about 120? Are you do you think you're interested in pushing that much further, or is it just kind of a eh, we'll see how it goes for the next little bit? 
I plan to get records for one twenty. A little bit of bite, and I'm not gonna like. I don't expect to get it. I mm-hmm. want it. I don't expect to get it because my my current plan for um, SRT is to have records for all the max percent categories. So I obviously have 117. I want record for 120 and mm-hmm. 100% for Spyro 2. Which is I still to... fairly new, actually. I think you could definitely push that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking with Cam about it, and uh, he, ma- he made it really enticing because he said he will not let me have that record. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I want it even more now. Absolutely <laughs> you know I mean? not. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want uh, all the max per- uh, percent records because after 3NE, I've kind of realized my enjoyment for categories are definitely in the, the length and variety and not the mm-hmm. compactness of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, uh, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I so personally why... struggle with completion categories because they're hard and you have to consistently stay good. But I also like, you know, the, the super min-max, like you're going for perfection. And so it's a lot... Yeah. You're asking a lot more for a shorter category, but it's also fucking grueling because it's a shorter category yeah it's very <clears throat> obviously shorter categories it has its own proper tough um mental requirements and i mm-hmm. give respect i give a lot of respect to runners who can do that because personally <clears throat> even though i did three any for so long unless there are factors in place to motivate me i'm very quickly burnt out yeah and that's <clears throat> especially pushing high level that's very easy to do yeah, but like burnout is, uh, I've been running for like three years. Burnout is something that I've had to deal with. It sucks because it's just <laughs> you have like the passion is there, but the energy isn't, and so you're just left in this like awful spot where you're like, I really want to play, but I just don't want to look at that game right now. Are there any but, games that you watch that you're like, you know what? I kind of wish I could run this. Like you just think it looks cool, but you haven't given the real effort towards. Um, the, there are two games that I want to run after Spyro, and that's uh, Hollow Knight and Banjo. Oh, I uh, so. I was actually I was just talking about potentially learning the run for Hollow Knight like two days ago. So, Ooh. Yeah. oh no, oh no, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I can't compete. I already know. <laughs> but, uh, I I decided to put Hollow Knight on the back burner for now mm-hmm. because um, I actually my main thought process was doing Spyro 3 and then going to Hollow Knight and not really caring for the other Spyro games. Mm-hmm. But I realized... I, I, I don't know if I just have a really rough start with Hollow Knight, but I couldn't get the down patcher working. I couldn't oh. get the practice mod working. Okay. And I was struggling really hard. PC jankness. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just, like, I didn't have the motivation. I just, like, I'm just not bothered with it right now. If the barrier to entry is rough, then yeah, I definitely feel that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I put it on the back burner. After um, Spyro, like, everything was Spyro, though, I'm probably going to do Banjo-Kazooie again. Oh, Because <laughs> I, I have... Good luck. So I... <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. I, I bought the Xbox for Hero's Tale, mm-hmm. and... On the Microsoft Store, there's also Banjo Kazooie, and so I I copped that and picked that up, and I actually learned the run. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, but I I made the file, and then I was like, okay, file's made. I'll practice tomorrow, and then I never boot up again. 
<laughs> it was I, I don't know what came over me, but I guess a priority shift overnight. It was just one of those things. Actually, weirdly enough, I could really see you pushing that. I think 100% BK is a sick category that I do not want to do really because it's just it's it's grueling. It's difficult. And then to get to the end of your two hour run and then a little bit of RNG for furnace and ugh. Yeah. But, I, I've seen the fair share of clips, mm -hmm. you know, like, that's heartbreaking. Uh, but for me, that doesn't really phase me because um, I had I had two FM, which is a three hour speed run. Ran that for a year with the RNG yeah. in there. Oof. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm immune to it, but I feel like my tolerance has been built to a level where mm -hmm. I, I can withstand it for like a little bit. And then if I enjoy the run, I can kind of withstand it longer. But I, I can understand like seeing the furnace and the um the picture question come up and just everything just sinking and everything falling apart. Well, I can definitely so. say BK is a good community. So if you do decide to, good luck to you. And I think a lot of people are going to ask, would you consider getting it for N64? Because Ooh, much better. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's a weird coincidence how things line up because a game that I didn't mention that is like on the back back burner mm -hmm. that I, I would consider doing would be uh, SM64. And Which category? I can. Uh, it'd be probably seventy because mm -hmm. I have a really good friend goes by Nick V, also in Team Voyage, who um is a Super Mario sixty four runner, and he does seventy and one twenty star runs. And watching him run that game, watching what he does to the game, obviously he's not the best, but yeah. his his input on the game, like it, ins like inspires me. It really like I'm proud of him. Like watching it. I, I don't get the same feel watching him as I do Cheese. Yeah. In the in the in a good way. Because I watch Cheese and there's like a disconnect because I don't know Cheese. Right. But because because I know Nick, I know he's like proper enjoying it. And I'm like, if I know Nick can enjoy it, then that might be for me. So if I was to get an N sixty four for Banjo Kazooie, I would also then be able to oh, do nice. SM64. Mm-hmm. So It'd be it's a possible timeline, no doubt. It's a very possible timeline. I I hope it's a timeline that we can see because I I mean, it is very technical and the highs of Schmoven are super high, but the lows are also terribly low. You, oh, I didn't notch the proper angle, so there goes thirty seconds. Not fun. Yeah, that's that's GG. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's a game I expect to do for longer than Kingdom Hearts 2, which is about two years. It, it took me two years to get sweeps on, mm -hmm. on KH2. It would take me two years to get like top 50. Oh I yeah, reckon. easy. So it, it's People that run SM64 only run SM64 because it requires your life. Yep. So that's why... That's why it's on the back back burner for mm -hmm. me because I I know if I pick up SM sixty four I'm I'm in I'm committed like I'm in for the ride two three years, that's that you know. Would be cool for sure. I know region differences are gonna make things a little more pricey too for barrier to entry. Yeah, I'm hoping that my uh, stream grows. Yeah. To where I, I dislike doing this, but because of 
if the situation that I'm currently in continues where I'm just unable to find work, it'd probably be like the only fair, not fair, that's, that's the wrong word. It'd be the only like alternative to covering the funds for the equipment. So maybe, you know, who knows? But if, Again. I, get, if I get a job, then. Perfect transition for me. Appreciate that. Uh, were you streaming before you were speedrunning? Or did you stream because of speedrunning? I was actually a streamer before uh, speedrunning. So um, I actually... It stems back to when I went to university. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really... Uh, again, isolated on my own. No, like, friends, family, all that. And I went to Twitch. I just... I knew of Twitch... But I never really like went on it much. I was mainly yeah. just a YouTube guy, or you know. What uh, what and game I, like convinced you to go to Twitch? If you remember, I actually was playing a lot of Dark Souls, uh, in my free time, and I was actually wondering like, oh, who's playing Dark Souls? And I found this streamer called Tweak, uh, underscore GG. He just goes by Tweak these days, and uh, he was a fairly like small streamer back then, and he had this like insane personality. Like I loved him. He mm -hmm. was like bubbly like, he was so like involved with the chat and that made me like i i saw that and i wanted to be that you know yeah and he he's grown <clears throat> so much as a streamer i think he's got like a couple hundred viewers per stream now like he's really shot up and i'm really proud of him is he still doing and dark souls content no fun funny thing about that he only did dark souls for that one day really huh yeah he he knows different games he only played dark souls because i think it was like a sub goal or something it was like a goal like a recommendation from someone and i happened to be on twitch looking for dark souls content to watch and then i found his stream crazy how that just kind of works out sometimes yeah and i was in the stream for like two months and he like he made me feel welcome like i felt like welcome mm -hmm. there it really i i was like i want to be like that for people like i want to be like the someone that you can go to to be like, oh, some man come in, like vibe with us. Yeah. Know? Well, that's cool. So, when did you decide? You know what? I'm going to take this this leap of faith. And what did you stream first? How did you feel about it? So, I my university studies were kind of slowing down. I uh, like I I found myself getting more and more either like it spiked a lot more. Mm -hmm. So. The workload slowed down, but then during certain time periods, the work requirement would spike. And so um, there'd be times where I'd just be bored with nothing to do, and then mega stressed with too much to do. And so I was actually talking to Tweak about it in his chat, and he said, you know what, you should try streaming. And he listed reasons, uh, for the same reasons that I followed today. It's a nice creative outlook lets you kind of step outside your comfort zone, let you do something uh, fun and just, just like something different. And also it lets you um, progress in a different field. And maybe one day you never know, you might get somewhere with it. And so I said, okay, that's a good idea. And it was around that time that I had seen Bloody Biscuits 2FM run at GDQ. And so I told myself, all right, this works out pretty perfectly because I was interested in speedrunning. And I was recommended streaming, and I said, all right, let's go for it, you know? I, I did some casual uh, 2FM content just for fun to test the wars while I was learning the speedrun. And then once I learned it all, I started doing runs, and that's that. And so now that you've been doing it for a while, what 
are I guess some of your highest moments is it is it PBs for you that's like oh these are the streams I remember they used to be but I've this is gonna sound so bad but I've, be, I've become <laughs> I, I've become kind of numb mm -hmm. to the to the feeling obviously my my like this is gonna sound so bad but my like my speedrun.com profile doesn't lie about the fact that I've experienced those highs a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, I, it, it gets to a point now, obviously, I have respect for the other runners in the, in, the, in the game at that point, but it's at a point now where I pick up a record and I go, okay, what's next? I, I, I don't really yeah, have, there's... you know. And it, it makes sense. I mean, feelings are fleeting anyway, so especially to have experience it and experience it and experience it. It's just like, okay, well, I did it. Sweet. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Next thing on the list, you know. Do you so have a thing, least favorite thing? My least favorite thing? The really bad days. It, it, the, the days where you're stuck in early game or you just can't do some mm -hmm. tricks to save your life. Those, those weigh on me because my, my mentality on things is to you know, give it your best. Don't like half-ass stuff. Yeah. Know? And so when I have a bad day, when I'm giving my all, it's like, well, fuck, man. I've sucks. Uh, I've definitely experienced this. I feel like most people have too, but where you feel like your run kind of defines your stream as well. So like, oh, I'm not running well, so the stream's not good. The content's all bad. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of people don't even really care about the game that you're running or anything like that. But mentally, it just kind of, it hurts. It hurts a bit. Yep. That's that's my mentality. Actually, uh, something I've been uh, fighting nowadays is that mentality because obviously I jump between games a lot now mm -hmm. with um, with Spyro, and obviously I'm not going to be the best when I first day around. Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. So when I have a bad day and I just like I fail a trick for like five minutes, I'm like, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, this is awful. You know. So I I'm also trying to work on uh, changing that mentality. But because of who I am as like a, uh, as a competitor, I want to mm -hmm. show up. Having those bad days is like, ugh, it just burns. Is pushing for partners something that's important to you at all? Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, partner, <clears throat> the idea of partner isn't the thing I drive for. It's mm -hmm. the it's the it's the feeling of having um people to um <clears throat> like a community to be involved with. A person that I envy quite a lot is uh, Etchy, a really, really good friend of mine. We we met at GDQ. He ran Cage with me back in the day. Really good friend, and his stream like tripled in viewers ever oh, since. GDQ. Yeah, ever since his GDQ run, he tops like 150 average now. And so, <clears throat> like the community he has now, like he has so many like interesting talented people that he can have fun with have banter with that kind of thing mm -hmm. and having all those connections and having those people that he can have fun with and call his like friends that's like that's something i want to strive for and partners like the kind of stepping stone and be like if you get here you're gonna get these people yeah i think there is definitely people like to feel like they belong so you have a decent sized community then oh why wouldn't i go there yeah it's uh, obviously my my community right now. I love them. I have people in there that have changed my life for the better, mm -hmm. honestly. But like being hungry for records, I'm also hungry for growth. I want to keep 
going on that upwards trend for sure yeah and so when i see that more people come in and more people talk and share and have fun with me and chat i'm like this is what i want to do this for the like the the interaction because the, the speed run for me now is just something to do obviously i'm passionate for it but i don't turn on my stream every day going like this like the speed run is the only thing I yeah for, you know it's like i turn on stream and i go i want a good run and i want to have a good chat and that's like my expectations for the stream sometimes i get both sometimes i get neither but that's just how it is you know i i've definitely even just i'm kind of a baby runner only been doing this for about a year but i've definitely found that i i enjoy running i still want to push running but i'm more for the stream than anything yeah that's uh, definitely a big a big thing community well, suite yeah it's just really good to realize it early because it helps you um cater to that audience early mm -hmm. because when i started for like a couple months i only cared for the run so like when i was climbing the ladder i only ever cared for the run i would also i would obviously like care for chat and say hey and welcome them but i, I wouldn't appreciate the good days in chat mm -hmm. you know and that's something i love to regret definitely space. let me give kudos to you because i i know especially when you're coming from a top level of running and just the way twitch works uh switching games can be very intimidating since there is a strong possibility that you lose a lot of the people that consistently came to see runs of a certain thing. So to, to actually make that step to change for your own mentality, I think takes a lot of courage. So thank you. Thank just you. want to give you some kudos there. Thank you. Uh, it's, um, I, I would just really quickly, I'll just add to Oh it. yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. I, I, I don't really feel intimidation switching game because I want to build my audience. I, I want to build myself as a name that hops from game to game mm -hmm. getting records so the leap from game to game used to scare me but nowadays ever since i left kingdom hearts i i always took the view hit and i was upset but i learned to move on and the people that are in my chat are there to watch runs of different games and are there for me too and those are the people that i which I is perhaps even watching. better for sure yeah yeah i've tried to definitely set that the same too because playing one thing forever just seems fucking miserable yeah yeah so do you ever feel anxious going live now or have you been doing it so long that's pretty natural um i get anxious in the um in the worry i, I become worrisome that i'm just gonna have a bad day okay like, there are some times where i'll go to go live and i'll take an extra minute to be like to like sag myself up to just be like it's all right if the day goes bad, you just like put on a smile, thank mm -hmm. people that came and leave it like that. But there are some days where I have, I think I, I would use the word fear that I'm going to have a stream where the run just sucks and I don't have any good chats with anyone. And it just feels like awful. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, I saw you have been putting out YouTube videos like crazy too. So, kudos on that. I, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Do you want to push a YouTube channel as well? Or are you more focused on the Twitch element? Uh, I would love to push my YouTube along with my Twitch. I think uh, a really cool system that I'm starting to understand watching other big Twitch streamers, just variety Twitch mm -hmm. streamers, is using Twitch as a way to create content for YouTube. Yeah. So you make your YouTube content on Twitch. 
I loved, by the way, your uh, your video, the like three steps to be a world record runner. I think that's perfect YouTube content right there. Oh, thank you. So I, I was really, really worried to upload that because <laughs> I, I, I used Ludwig's uh, formula. Ludwig mm -hmm. released a video uh, like Lud Lud uh, Ludwig's twist to become a big streamer. And it follows a similar um, pattern which I, I took and morphed into speedrunning, which I was a little hesitant to upload, because a part of me was like, oh, I didn't change it enough. People are going to just be like, oh, you just copied this. But the, the reaction it got was um, positive, so I'm thankful for that. Which, I mean, even then, everybody called him uh, Discount Clint Stevens for the longest time, and now look, <laughs> he's the, the largest sub-2 guy on, on the platform, so... Yeah. Nothing is really original. Anyway, yes, that's true. But I thought it was good. I, I really did. And it's cool to see, you know, when you actually have a, you know, good content that it gets a little more recognition than, say, I don't know, just a random let's play, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's like random commentary. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I can offer something unique because of just who I am. That sounds really bad, but like, no, no, yeah, that's that makes sense. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? Of, yeah, but because of my speedrunning prowess, I guess, like my reputation, I feel like I can offer, like, with the three tips becoming a speedrunner. Even though that was influenced by Ludwig's video, I still felt that I I had something to share. I wouldn't have made that video if I didn't feel like I had something to share. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And so I I feel like I can I want to produce a lot of content that kind of shows just the progress of getting world records and like tr like teaching people how to just get into the hobby because i've looked online and there's a lot of like there's a lack of videos that describe the process or describe the requirements and they just show the run mm -hmm. the records you know so that's why i thought that video would be great to publish and since like i've, I've gotten such amazing feedback really support of friends and um people online I want to try and do more content like that that tells others how to kind of understand what's required and produce the work ethic to succeed in speedrunning because I think it's an amazing hobby. I've been kind of fortunate. I didn't, I didn't plan it. I don't really plan who comes on or anything. It just kind of happens. So I've gotten a few people now that hold several world records and stuff like that. And so to gain that perspective from someone that I mean, I respect it, obviously. I, I wish I was at that level for something that I cared about. It's fascinating. So I'm happy to get that perspective, and this is now like the third time I've had someone to share it, and it's still unique to each individual. So That's good. That's keep good. on doing what you're doing, man. Thank you, thank you. I'll do my best. That is about all I have for you, though. Where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash instalogict. Don't forget the T. And uh, if you want to, like, on Twitter, at v 2 And uh, I believe that's it from me. Thanks for having awesome. me. Awesome. And yeah, I'll definitely, I'll put everything in description, stuff like that. Uh, theoretically, this comes out Saturday. Okay. And it, I guess it'd be later, because I, I, I'm stuck on DGen schedule now. But... Uh, hey, man, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> First, I, I stream it, and then put it on YouTube, and then Spotify, Apple Podcasts, stuff like that. Ooh, I didn't know you had a Spotify. That's cool. It's actually, it's new as of, like, last week. 
because I realized pretty much anytime I listen to anything, I'm like, let me put it on Spotify. I'm going to stop recording, by the way.